Welcome to the Grant Writing Simplified Podcast. This is the place to learn how to make a big impact in your community through grant writing and nonprofit consulting. The world needs you to step forward as a grant writer and use your skills to lead with confidence. I'm Teresa Huff, former special ed teacher turned grant writer and nonprofit strategist. In my 20 years of freelancing, I've helped nonprofits triple their funding and exponentially increase their reach. Now I'm stepping up to mentor freelancers and nonprofit leaders like you who are ready to take your skills to the next level. It's time to get intentional about your vision so you can create lasting change in your community. Learn the skills and strategies you need to become the grant writer the world needs. Let's do this. Hey friends, today we are kicking off year two of the Grant Writing Simplified podcast. How cool is that? Last week was a fun birthday episode, so thank you for helping me celebrate. I have two quick things to share with you before we get into today's interview. First, if you are struggling with getting your grant writing career off the ground, I've got you covered. Sign up for the Fast Track to Grant Writer at TeresaHuff.com slash VIP. If you start now, we can get you in good shape so you can kick off the new year strong. And if you're a nonprofit who needs help sifting through all the weeds to figure out a path forward to grants, check out my free audio workshop, Gear Up for Grants, at TeresaHuff.com slash gear up. I've talked with a lot of nonprofits lately who are trying to figure out where to start their grant search and how to weed through all the different opportunities that are out there. The last couple of weeks, you've heard me mention Instrumental, the tool that will make your grant search and management so much easier. Today, I'm excited to welcome the co-founder and CEO of Instrumental, Gari Monglik. Their team wants you to see what this is all about, so I've partnered with them to give you a free two-week trial and $50 off your first month. Go to TeresaHuff.com slash Instrumental and use the code GWSPOD. This is really worth your while. I mean, it's a free two-week trial. Go check it out and see what the fuss is all about because there are so many cool features. Today, Gari and I are going to talk about all kinds of strategy tips that nonprofits really need to pay attention to. We cover the importance of systems and what things can you let the system do versus what can only be done by your people. We talk about being more strategic and proactive in your operations and your grant applications. We talk about how to level up your capacity within your organization, whether you're running a small business or a nonprofit, and we share some tools and ideas of ways to help your team communicate better among themselves. Gari is the CEO and co-founder of Instrumental, and under her leadership, Instrumental has grown to serve over 1,400 nonprofits, and they've become a favorite tool, and I really think if you go give it a try, you will quickly see why. So here we go. I think you'll find lots of good takeaways here and some good strategy talk. Enjoy. Gari, thanks for coming to the show. It's great to have you. Tell us a random fact about yourself today. Yeah, I have two cats. They're both calicos. Uh, One is named Bella and one is named Possum. (laughs) Those are kind of opposite names. That's funny. I know. They have pretty opposite personalities. One of them is super like rambunctious and young and 
you know, you can't leave any food laying around. She'll literally take it out of your hands. And then the other one, Bella, she's, uh, she's like in retirement. She's like probably in her eighties or nineties in terms of cat years. <laughs> and so she's just chilling. She's the queen of the house. Yep. She yeah. owns the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fun. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into nonprofit work. Everybody that I talked to in nonprofits didn't just go straight to nonprofit. There's always kind of an interesting twist in the mix. So tell us about you. Yeah, and that's certainly true for me. I did not come to the nonprofit world directly at all. I started like in you know my career in the product and tech world, and I studied computer science at NYU and started my first company right out of school. Uh, worked on that mobile app for a couple of years in New York. And then we were acquired by Airbnb. So I came out to the West Coast uh, where I still live and, and love. And that was in that was in like 2012. So it was quite a while ago. And then I worked at Airbnb for a couple of years and then connected with my co-founders, was just helping out with this idea that they had uh, that they were getting off the ground. Initially, it was focused on academic researchers and science and science funding. And then through the first couple of years, we listened to the market and found that what we had built was actually really useful for nonprofits, which were tools to help them connect more efficiently and effectively with grant funding. So we then a couple of years ago started to focus solely on the nonprofit space. I like that you kind of looked at that and took your skills completely unrelated in the tech world and the business world and connected it to nonprofits. Because I think there are a lot of things like that where nonprofits maybe don't have the same resources or don't realize what's available to them. And so you kind of made a bridge for that, for them to be able to access and work more efficiently Mm -hmm. with the technology. Yeah, we, that's really our goal is to give easy to use intuitive platforms that makes like the day-to-day life of a person working at a nonprofit much more easy, much more enjoyable and increase the chances that they're going to be successful in doing their job. So tell us just in super clear everyday terms, what does Instrumental do? Yeah. So Instrumental is the institutional fundraising platform. So we do everything end to end, helping nonprofits fundraise from institutions like governments, corporations, private foundations. Uh, We help them with prospecting, discovering opportunities and funders that would be a good fit for them. We help them dig into those opportunities and funders to figure out if they'd actually want to apply. We have all that research in one place that they can look at, like information from the website, information from the 990s, insights, unique insights, and that you can only find on instrumental, like what percentage of the funders um, giving goes to like new grantees versus repeat grantees. So the ton of these like really rich insights, so you can like quickly decide if, if it's worth it to pursue a particular funder. Also very importantly, you can keep track of all your research and track um, your whole kind of grant pipeline on instrumental as well. So you can get deadline reminders, you can see your upcoming work, you can collaborate with your teammates, share reports, keep track of tasks and documents. And all of that happens in one kind of very integrated, easy to use platform. This sounds like everything that I've been doing on clunky spreadsheets for the last <laughs> several years, only you've just got it on this sleek, easy to find, easy to sort and share platform. Yeah. Oh yeah. We spend a lot of time looking at nonprofit spreadsheets. Um, sometimes they're super impressive. It's amazing what folks have done, like built out into their spreadsheets to make it like very detailed and like, you know, very like lots of fancy formulas. And sometimes we've seen spreadsheets that are very, very, very messy and we're happy to have them both, both worlds, happy to have them kind of bring that data into instrumental and have it like much more streamlined and automated. That's a good way to go about approaching it of how you can build the platform to work more smoothly 
and how you can take all of our cluttered brain and mess and compile it into something really useful. In a sense, it's like you're helping nonprofits not have to reinvent the wheel over and over. Totally. Yeah. And like, I think a great example of that is if you think about somebody working at a nonprofit, like they have a spreadsheet of opportunities or funders that they're thinking about going over the next year. They might, you know, be checking in on the funder's website or checking in on like getting newsletters from the funder on updates that they're making to their programs or changes that, that might be happening to their deadlines. And that individual person is doing that for like all of their upcoming grant calendar. Instead, Instrumental does that same work, but because Instrumental does it and we're a platform, basically like everybody gets that for free. It doesn't have to be like every single person at a nonprofit, like doing that same work over and over and over again. Right. And then their time can be better used towards actually working on the grants themselves or building the relationships with the funders and the things that a computer can't replace. Right. Exactly. That's something that in one of my episodes, I talk about collecting information up front So that you're not chasing it down every single time you write a grant Mm -hmm. and making sure you have that so you can use your time more efficiently. This kind of takes that to the next level. Yeah, I think it's really amazing what having um, like a a platform that can help you kind of systemize things can do in in helping you be more strategic. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of feeling like you're kind of being reactive, kind of applying for like the next grant, whenever it kind of comes your way, having a system that like automates a lot of the work for you can allow you to, yeah, really be strategic, focus on building those relationships, making sure you like send reports on time, making sure your reports are high quality, making sure you're like renewing opportunities or following up on feedback that you heard of, you know, from the last time around where you didn't get the opportunity, making sure you like continue to nurture that relationship and try again the next time, if you think it's still a good fit. There's a lot of things that go into being successful that I think a lot of nonprofits don't have the the capacity for um, all these like little details uh, to be, you know, all the way strategic. And so we hope that by automating a lot of the the grunt work, um, nonprofits can focus more on that. Do you feel like nonprofits are able to apply for more grants because of this? Like what kind of results have you seen in that regard? Yeah, actually, we recently did an impact survey um, to try to understand that uh, because we hear a lot of anecdotal responses where people are like, oh, this saves me a lot of time or like, oh, I won this grant, but we wanted to actually have like clear cut data. And we found that um, on average, our customer base is able to apply for 78% more opportunities than they would than they were able to before instrumental. Wow. So that's like a huge increase in like the, like your pipeline and mm-hmm. your kind of um, shots on goal. Right. Yeah. And just your potential for increasing Mm -hmm. your programs and impact. Totally. The other really interesting thing that came out of that impact survey is that nonprofits told us, the same folks told us that they were saving three hours each week. Um, So they're able to get more out while saving time, which I think is incredible. That is. And when you can quantify it like that, that really shows the impact it's making. Yep. I just talked with a strategy client this morning that I'm working with and working on one of the federal grants and all the programs they are trying to coordinate and the people involved with it. It just was, it can be a lot. It can be overwhelming and it takes so much time when you're under those big deadlines like that. Mm-hmm. So anything that you can automate and set up systems for is just that much better and alleviates the stress off your team. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we hope to do. So what types of nonprofits would you say are ideal for this type of program? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we think about that a lot because when you have a platform that makes it easy to find opportunities, you get, you know, everybody will try it, will want to like at least try it out. And so 
what we've been thinking about is what types of nonprofits and grant writers will actually get like success and benefit from using a platform like this, because we don't want folks to try us out and like use us, spend money on us if they're actually not going to meet their desired outcomes, which is like to save time and to win more more grants. And so I would say like an ideal user is somebody who is at an organization where there is either an established grant process, or at least they've proven that grants are an important fundraising strategy for them. And they'd like to either make it more efficient or take it, you know, take it to the next level, be more strategic um, and have everything in one place and kind of accelerate that. And the other type of profile that we've seen work well is um, where they haven't yet proven that grants are the right strategy for them, but they are really interested and committed to trying that and they want to see if that might work. Um, And so they've come on to a platform like ours because they can really kickstart that very quickly um, and get data very quickly and kind of uh, be more efficient. If like in terms of like actual like demographics, we when you're under 100k or like around that range, it's like very questionable if grants are the right strategy for you. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this too, um, because in our what we've seen is that grants tend to be a more advanced fundraising strategy overall, and a lot of funders want to see that you've raised funds from like your community first, or you have some sort of traction um, somehow. So it can make it really challenging for an organization that's like literally just starting to start winning a bunch of grants. Um, so we like to see, like, I think an organization has a higher chance of success in, in winning grants when they have some repeatability or some kind of past data to show with fundraising and also their the impact of like the work that they're doing. Yes, exactly. I agree. They need to have the 501c3 in place. And I've talked about this before on the podcast of just making sure that they are actually up and running, mm-hmm. not as a startup, but to actually have your programs, you're serving people, you have your board in place, and you have several funding sources, not just relying on grants or one big donor, right. but they need to have that diverse, established program that's already in place. And then they can start looking at a grant strategy. Mm -hmm. If you start too soon, it's not going to be effective. It's going to be frustrating and discouraging. And your efforts are much better used in other areas first to build the foundation and then move into grants at a higher level Mm -hmm. down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think grants can, they can take some you know, more, they have like more of an upfront work that you need to do to kind of like get the ball rolling, get the momentum going. And so if you're really small, you just might not have the capacity for that at your team, in your, in your team and in your org. And so um, what we see sometimes folks do is they might apply for like a grant here and there, and then be really frustrated, but because they don't have the capacity to really have a fully thought out strategy and to follow up on funder feedback and to build those relationships, like they're not really giving the grant strategy, like a really fair shot. Yes. And I think grants are one of those things, which is partly why I started the podcast, that people know what they are, but they don't really Mm. know what they are. Right. (laughs) They know it has to do with getting money to do good work. (laughs) But for a lot of people, that's kind of where it stops. They don't realize, okay, there's a lot of strategy behind it that goes into it to do it well and to be effective with it. And then it's for specific purposes and programs. So that's where partly it's just education of helping nonprofits understand, but helping board members understand and Mm -hmm. understanding their role in the process too, to be able to build it up more effectively. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think sometimes folks think that when you're just getting started, it it is like easier than it really is. Um, And so it's an interesting place to be for a platform like us where we're actually trying to like manage expectations of like how much work you need to put in or how much thought needs to go in to really get the results you'd like. 
Yes, it's like when you're building a puzzle, grants are one of the later pieces in the puzzle that you put in. Yeah. But sometimes people try to force them in first and yeah. they just don't fit yet. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, like, say I am new to the platform. What could I expect? Where would I start? Yeah. So uh, the place that you start with us is pretty different than where you'd start on any other platform. The place you start with us is you tell us information about your organization and your, a program. And Instrumentals organized around this concept called projects. And so you start out by setting up your first project, which typically maps to like a program area at your organization. Or if you're a professional grant writer, it could map to like a, a particular client's program that you're working on. So you fill in the information about the organization and the program, and then we actually take that and match you to relevant opportunities. Uh, so we have developed our own matching algorithm that is, I think, very good. And it's, it's based on, on top of a very comprehensive data set of opportunities that comes from corporate, private, and government funders, like all in one place. And then on top of having all of these opportunities here, like in front of you that are relevant, what instrumental focuses on a build is building you a workflow so you can go through it efficiently and then also make sure that you're keeping track of the work that you're doing. So like if you were to, you know, think about a funder or an opportunity a week from now or a month from now or a year from now, or you're, you know, you leave the organization, somebody else comes in and wants to know what happened with that particular opportunity or funder. There is a system in place where all of that kind of research and information is tracked. One thing I noticed when I had signed up that someone had emailed me and said, hello, I'll be your advisor. Onboarding advisor. And I thought that was really nice. Uh That made it feel a lot more personal Uh and like, okay, someone noticed I'm here. They're going to show me around kind of rolling out the welcome mat more than just some other types of online services that you sign up for. And here you go. Yeah. What we learned is that there's a lot that the platform can do. And when folks are trying it out in the 14 days, they'll see a lot of it by themselves, but we can actually help actually start talking to them about how they might improve their project setup so that they're actually seeing the right results. Or we can actually um, walk them through some examples of how they might like use the tracker with their own data. And so that kind of like real world coaching is something that we found that folks really appreciate. Um, And then also we can, you know, we're just giving them a tour of the platform, making sure they're not missing any features and functionality. Um, and, And they're just like able to use it to the best make the most out of it and make the most out of the 14 days. Yeah. I would recommend doing that because when I was given a tour of it, it just kind of fast forwarded the learning curve so that I could actually go in and start using Mm -hmm. it instead of trying to poke around and figure out now where is everything. Yeah, And I'm fairly techie as far as able to do stuff, but I know a lot of nonprofit leaders that I've worked with aren't like some definitely are, but some are not. And so I think that would really be advantageous for them to have Mm -hmm. that just to kind of get oriented and learn their way around before they dive in. Yeah. And actually one thing that we find really interesting, or one thing that I found interesting when I do these calls myself is that a lot of the stuff that we're doing is not necessarily something that folks have experienced on other platforms, or maybe they haven't really used any other platforms. And so they don't even necessarily know they're kind of surprised at like what we have to offer. Um, I would say like when people think about like grant platforms, they will like often think about more like the prospecting side of things, but they haven't really seen a platform like automate a lot of the work that goes into like the tracking piece. The fact that you like can start saving those grants and then you get automatic deadline reminders. And then you can kind of keep track of all of your like recurring applications to a particular funder. And so when we show them that piece, they're often like, 
yeah, really surprised because it, they didn't even really have that in mind when they initially signed up, which is an interesting, that's probably on us, right? In terms of educating uh, folks or like making sure our website and our like information communicates that we do uh, more than just the prospecting piece. But I think sometimes, yeah, just because of what are the other tools available on the market, folks don't even necessarily know um, all that instrumental can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those deadline reminders are really nice because even just it'll say, okay, here's what you have coming up this month. And it'll send that email reminder or you have three deadlines coming up next week, which is really handy. Yeah. But then also having the form 990 right there. Like, I don't want to have to go find the other website, dig through it, try to find the funder. Like everything is just there. So it's a big help and a big resource. You can see the map of where funds have been distributed in the past and just kind of at a glance, is this worth pursuing or not? And then Mm -hmm. having those reminders is really key. Yeah. Going back to that like 990 data, I think it's really important for that to be really front and center and and for folks to have like a pretty discerning approach when thinking about applying to like a new, new opportunity or a new funder. And I think that's like, like kind of half the battle is like it's grants are, you know, hard, it's hard to get the ball rolling. And so one of, one of the things that you can do is like, just make sure you're spending time on the right funders and opportunities. And the 990 data is really critical for that. So you can, we call it like, uh, you look at the website or you might look at the RFP and that's kind of the funders explicit preferences and what's like explicitly stated, but then the 990 data shows like their implicit preferences, maybe things that they don't, biases they don't even know they have or trends that they are not just like sharing on their website. And you really do need to look at both to like paint the full story of what this funder is really interested in funding. That's true. And once you know what you're looking for in the 990, you can usually kind of scroll right to it. But if you're not familiar with the 990, it just looks like this big intimidating tax form. Mm -hmm. So it does help to have it there. And then you can kind of learn it and learn what you're looking for within that to get the information you want to make those connections. Yeah, exactly. So what tips would you have for a nonprofit, say, starting out in this, and I know you said they can start their project and kind of narrow down by topic, but what specifically would you say just to break it down into a few basic steps for them? Yeah, I think that I would start with making sure that I have a good understanding of what my programs are and kind of thinking about connecting those programs to the keywords that are on instrumental, the fields of work that are on instrumental and making sure that those are set up really well. That's going to have a really big impact on their matches. And that is almost like a strategic question, right? Like what types of grants to go after for a given project, right? You could, and what are all the different perspectives that you could, that you think a funder might have when they look at this project and use that to ideally think about creative ways to include a funder that you might not have thought of initially. So I would start with the programs and get making sure those projects are set up properly. And our team is, is super available to help. So we have folks that will just like send us their website or send us like a quick description of their program and ask us what fields that we think might be best. And our because we do this all the time, we're really, you know, we have like all of the fields memorized, right? So we can like quickly tell somebody what might be best for them or, or make suggestions. And then I think getting your project set up is a big part of being successful because once you have your project set up, you're, you're going to get those relevant matches. And also you're going to get like new grant announcements. The grants will just kind of start getting push to you as opposed to you needing to actually go out there and do any more searches. That's, I guess that's one tip on just getting your project set up. And the other tip I would have is to think about, like, if you are working with other folks on your team, you can invite them to your account. And I would 
um, even outside of instrumental, kind of like think about how you'd like to ideally collaborate, like what you want your operating cadence to be as a team. How often would you like to be reviewing new opportunities that come in? How many grants would you like to apply for in a given month or a given year? And to try to like have like an overall strategy. Um, and then when it comes to instrumental, think about how you might leverage instrumental to make to like help execute on your strategy. So for example, if you know that you're going to be meeting with like your executive director or like a board member once a month to like review your grant pipeline or to review the grants that you want to go after and you're looking for relationships, you might use our reporting feature to like create that report and like share it with them um, so that they can also take a look at it. And, and that's something that we can also help with. And that's something we love talking about in our onboarding calls is like, if you have a particular workflow or a particular process, we can help you think through how we can make that process, make that more efficient or more effective for you. Yeah, I can see where the reporting piece would be nice too, just to have that automated again, having that Mm -hmm. system in place. And one point that you mentioned too is deciding how many grants you can apply for. Like, yeah, it's great to have them in the pipeline, but you need to be sure you have the capacity to manage what you're applying for. Like best case scenario, if all these are awarded, do you have the capacity to handle that and to implement all those at once? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this balance of, yeah, go for it, try for them, but it needs to make sense within your organizational strategy to be sure you can implement if these are awarded. Absolutely. Yeah. And so much of success with instrumental is like, is just making sure that within the organization, you have that capacity, you have that strategy and that the desire to like learn and grow with grants and with institutional fundraising. Yeah. I think it's a great tool and a great way to really, if someone is kind of intimidated, they know they're ready to start searching for grants or maybe they have been, but it's a little intimidating of how to manage all the process as the program grows. And as they start applying for more, this can be a great way to kind of break that down and make it simpler. Yeah, actually a lot of grant writing like courses and curriculums, they'll include instrumental because we kind of walk through the process of getting started with grants almost like inherently in the platform. It does make it less less intimidating, I think, for new folks that are getting started. The more we can break it down. I mean, that's the whole premise of the podcast, Grant Writing Simplified. (laughs) Even though grant writing is anything but simple, we can break it down into those step-by-step things and to where you make the distance shorter. You're not trying to jump over the Grand Canyon. You're creating stepping stones Mm -hmm. to where it makes it much easier to get there. Yeah. I think that comes with, was definitely like learning and practice. I think once you've done it like 10 times or 20 times, then you start to see the things that you can cut out next time. And you learn from each one. Yeah. It's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we learn from the ones we don't win just as much as the ones we do. Right. Yeah. And that's all right. Well, if you don't mind, what's a resource that has been meaningful to you? Mm. One thing that has helped me quite a bit, like understand myself and also understand others. This is like a big thing in the Bay Area. I don't know how much it's it's extended outside of the Bay into other parts of the country, but there's a, it's almost like a personality test called the Enneagram. Yeah. So it's like a set of numbers, it's a number is like one through nine. And then there's like, you can get more complicated or like more detailed with it. But I've done a lot of these personality. It's not, it's not even like personalities, but I've done a lot of these and like knowing my own Enneagram number and like kind of reading about it has really just helped me develop as a person and a, as a leader. And we're actually about to have everybody on our team do it uh, and kind of share with, with the team what their Enneagram is so that we can all basically understand each other better and work together better. 
Hmm. That's interesting. I've heard of companies doing that with the Colby score. It's kind of, it's K-O-L-B-E. It's kind of work styles and how you communicate at work and especially like understanding other people so that you communicate in their style, in their language. Right. So you're not overwhelming them with details. If they're just like, give me the high points. Totally. I don't want it at all. Yeah. <laughs> but some people need the details. So it's understanding those dynamics to be able to communicate better and more effectively among yeah. the team. Yeah. I think at the very minimum, what's helpful about these is that it just reminds you that like everybody doesn't work the same way you do, or everybody doesn't see the world the same way you do. And so when something somebody does is surprising, they just have a whole different set of you know principles and like values that they're operating from. And when you try, if you understand that, then it can put that all into context and help, help you be more empathetic and help you also work together more effectively. Yeah. I know for me, understanding myself and how I'm wired has helped me really understand other people better as well. Mm -hmm. And like when I'm getting overloaded or I just need a break from a really noisy, crowded situation, there's nothing wrong with the people around me. It's just that my sensory input is maxed out and mm -hmm. I just need a break or something, yeah. you know? So just understanding that about myself, like, okay, I just need to go take a minute yeah, and things like that. It helps not be so stressed and just to understand interactions better and yeah. maybe offset some tense situations a little better mm -hmm. than I would have before I understood some of those dynamics. Yeah, that makes sense. And if, and on a team, you can even reference it. It can be like, you remember how I'm a blah, blah, blah result, you know, on whatever test, like that means I need to take like a break right now. I hope you understand. I think that helps a lot. And the more we understand that about ourselves and each other, the more we can take it in stride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking just kind of on that note, on a business note, how has that been for you building a team, you know, starting out and now stepping into that different role and kind of shifting, <laughs> has that been a challenge? Yeah, it's definitely been a journey, uh, a lot of learning for me. My first company was pretty small, like we were max like five, six people. And Instrumental is not huge in terms of people right now. It's we're about twelve, uh, but we are adding, uh, you know, a couple more people in the couple in, in the coming months. And we're now at the place where, I think, as a leader, I need to work. I think when you're going from like zero to one, like as a founder, your value is like getting into everything and like executing as efficiently as possible. And like, just being just like getting to the point where, you know, your product is valuable in the market. Um, you're not focused on building the overall company and the infrastructure of the company. You're focused on just like making sure you have product market fit. And then now we're now instrumentals beyond that. We know we have a product that's valuable. We're growing. And now a lot of the things that I did to help get us from zero to one are actually not the right things to get us from here to the next level. Because if I keep doing everything, that's a problem, right? Like that means that we don't have the right team or that, you know, I'm not delegating or I'm not like empowering them. Um, but that is a transition because you develop this muscle and that you need to like totally undo that muscle. Um, so that's been a great learning experience. And I'm really excited and grateful that Instrumental has gotten to this point where I can now shift and learn how to be a leader at that next level. That's a challenge in itself of stepping out of that day-to-day -day and being at that higher strategic level mm -hmm. and kind of that different mindset. And, you know, as you were explaining that, I thought that's so similar to a lot of nonprofits, like mm. especially when you have the founder and that original board, right. and then those growth stages of the nonprofit as they're shifting from 
the very beginning working board, everybody all hands on deck into the more governing board. Mm -hmm. The founder is maybe shifting into more of that leadership and out of the day-to-day as much as they're able to hire. So it's kind of a similar journey that I've seen with some of the nonprofits I've worked with. And Mm -hmm. so that's interesting, those parallels. It's just, it's a lot of the same challenges and concepts that they have to address and figure out how to navigate as they grow some growing pains, but also it's a good thing. I mean, yeah, we want to grow, but it's a big learning curve along the way too. Yeah. And it's something that you have to be really intentional about. I think sometimes leaders, it's kind of like happening to them or they're not really sure, like they don't really know how to let go and they're not getting maybe the coaching or the support they need to like get them to the next level. And I think that can be really hard for the team and for that, for that leader. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And they tend to stay in the status quo then because of that, as opposed to allowing it to grow the way it needs to. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult tug of war sometimes. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful and I hope people will check this out to be able to break it down and test drive it for themselves. And also just realize this is not an intimidating thing. It's actually a really cool tool to help make their lives easier and make their grant writing go much more smoothly and kind of automate some of the details. So you're not constantly jumping around trying to keep up with deadlines, but to help be able to make it flow more smoothly as a team in general to where they can use their time more effectively. So where can we find you online if people want to follow up or connect with you? Yeah. If you want to connect with me, you can um, send me an email. It's my first name, Gari, G-A-U-R-I at instrumental.com spelled instrument and then the letter l.com. Okay. I will put that in the show notes. I will of course post the code. If people want to try, try this out for a discount, you have the two week free trial and then they can get a discount off their first month with my code. And I'll put that in the notes as well. Yeah, we do free workshops related to grant writing and institutional fundraising. So I would definitely, I can send you that link. It's on a platform called Luma. It's just lu.ma forward slash instrumental. And you can see all of our upcoming events. We work with um, a number of folks to create really helpful content that we just want to you know, have folks have as an access, as a resource for free. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've looked at some of those topics and there are some really good practical things there that I know people will find useful. All right. Well, thank you for this. This is great information and I hope people will go check it out. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Teresa. I have to say Instrumental really does bring all your grants, searching, tracking, and the ongoing management all under one roof. That link is teresahuff.com slash instrumental, and you can use the code GWSPOD to get $50 off your first month. All right, friends, what were your biggest takeaways from today, and how can I support you? Come join me over in the Grant Writing Simplified LinkedIn group, and let's continue the conversation. All right, now go change your world.